convocation speaker today is a good friend of Miss Artiaga. They served together in focus on the University of Colorado campus. She, uh, her friend now works uh, for the Archdiocese of Denver in their marketing department. So if you would please welcome up Miss Maggie Marr. Happy Thursday. It's an honor to be with you all today. I've heard great things about this school, so to be able to stand up and share a little bit myself about myself is such a gift. But yes, I reign from the great state of Kansas. I love Kansas so much. I've been in Colorado for just about three years now. So I worked as a focus missionary at CU Boulder the last two years, and I've had the great privilege to work as a mission support concierge at the Archdiocese of Denver since May of this last year. So Lots going on, those are all wonderful things, but that's actually not what I'm here to talk to you about today. I'm here to share a beautiful love story, what I think is the most epic love story of all time. And I know what you might be thinking, she's from Kansas, she's about to start talking about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. <laughs> but that's not the truth, I actually came here to talk about something um, far greater than that and hopefully more eternal that has had an internal impact on me and an eternal impact on the other people in my life. Um, so when I look back on my life and all of the stages of Maggie Marr from a young girl to now an adult, I see a girl who is yearning to be loved in every way that she could be. So not only to be loved, but to be seen, to be known, to be chosen. Um, I think that we all relate to that in some um, capacity, I would hope. We're humans. Um, but looking back, even starting as young as when I was your guys' age in high school, I was doing everything that I could be doing to be seen and to be loved. So that looked really different for me. I was trying out for all the clubs that I could possibly try out for. I was trying all the sports that I could do. I was trying to find the perfect friend group, the perfect relationships, and allow everything to be perfect so I could feel loved. Um, I found that most days I actually came back home and I felt exhausted. I felt sad and I felt like there were parts of my soul that honestly felt like it was in despair. It wasn't fully satisfied and I didn't necessarily know why that was happening. But fast forward to senior year of high school, I was like, this is perfect. I'm about to graduate. I'm going to go to college. I'm gonna to go to the University of Kansas, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. All my siblings went there, all of my parents, or both of my parents went there, all of my parents, just two of them. Um, and I am going to have the perfect social experience. I'm gonna to go to college, I'm gonna join the right sorority. Again, find the right friend group, take the right classes, make the right grades, and I'm gonna be set. This is gonna be awesome. Um, I get there and I just find myself living the same life that I had been previous to this. I'm doing all the things, I'm overexerting myself, and I'm trying to find love in all the right spaces and all the right places and it's not working for me. Um, I'm feeling lost, I'm failing in many ways, I'm trying everything successfully or unsuccessfully and it's still not filling the satisfaction in my heart. Um, so this toxic cycle was going on until I would say about my junior year of college and my first day of class, I'm walking to a media ethics course. I'm in the journalism school at the time. And I see a great friend, and her name is Jessica Little. And I hadn't seen her since the previous school year. And she looks at me, and she's a bold woman of faith. And she says, Maggie, I want to hear about how your summer was, but I also want to pose a question to you. She's like, I've known you for about a year now, and I want to ask, are you ready for your life to be transformed this year? And so, a young woman that I was, I was shocked by this question, a little bit nervous because Jessica was a great woman of faith. Um, I knew that she was praying every day. And so I was like, did Jesus ask her to ask me this question? Because he knows that I'm not fully satisfied. I'm in these constant cycles of just trying to do everything that I can be to have a beautiful life and it's not fully working. 
Um, and so from there, I just found myself making a lot of small yeses at a time. Um, and that started with actually reading scripture. So I started reading scripture just once every week and the words on the page started to become alive and started to become actually very personal to me. And it just every week revealed to me that God loves his people. He was doing everything that he could in all the stories of scripture to show his love to the people in front of him, to all the nations, to all the families, to the couples within the story. And I was thinking about this every week of, this has never felt personal to me. I still don't know that these stories from thousands of years ago are super personal yet, but I'm trying. Until it gets to the last Bible study of my first semester junior year, and we talk about the crucifixion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. This became very, very, very real to me. I don't know about you guys, but I had never really had anyone in my life that was willing to die for me. And the crucifixion became so real that it actually brought me to tears because I was like, wow, I actually didn't do anything to deserve a love as great as this. And Jesus dying on the cross for me, this is so he can 100% show his love for me because if he hadn't had done that, there would have been no way that I would have been able to spend an eternal life with him and rest with him for the rest of my life. And without that moment, I actually, my life would have been filled with despair, with a loss of hope, with me trying to overexert myself and overcompensate every day of my life with there being no outcome to me just trying as hard as I could to be loved. There would have been no real love without that moment. Um, and like any healthy and good relationship should be, that love should be reciprocated. And so from that day forward, I made a promise to myself and a promise to God of, Jesus, I love you so much, and there cannot be and there can't be anything that I can do to repay you for what you have done for me, but I'm going to try my very best to give you all of myself in every moment and every day and pour out myself for the sake of you and for the sake of the love that you have given me so I can pass that along to others and live a life of Christ so I can, God willing, spend eternity with you. And that is all I can do. That's all that's in my control. Um, and ever since then, the love story has just continued from there because the story and the pages are just being written more and more and more every day. And when Jesus Christ is the one to be the author of our lives, we're in pretty good hands because he is the king of creation. He created this world. He created us, mind, body, and soul, um, to know him and to love him and to serve him and to be receptive and to docile. And to be docile to that has completely changed my life forever. So I pray that I can continue to let him be the author of my life. And I pray for you all that you know that Jesus Christ, again, the King of creation, he loves you more than anyone on this planet ever could. And he actually is the one that wants to be the author of your life. And he knows you and he sees you and he has chosen you. And he has in every single season of our lives, even if we didn't even have the glasses to know, to have the vision to see that he's been in all of the spaces and all of the places that we are desiring to be loved. Um, so thank you for having me today. I will be praying for you all um, very intentionally and yeah, it is a gift to be on mission with each of you. So praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever.